0: Sometimes you feel like you can't escape certain things. I want to tell you a story about my daughter. I have four daughters, and my youngest uh, is, is uh, she's, a, she's a piece of work, <laughs> and uh, she has a passion for everything, and uh, I mean, just like, if you've seen her around here, if you've talked to her, she's, you can get her excited about anything, and it's, it's funny, you could give her an empty box for Christmas, and she'd be thrilled that she got an empty box for Christmas. That's just, that's how she is. And so we had a stray cat at our house, and, and I mean, it was stray, and we were going to keep it stray. And so we were trying, we have a cat, which our cat did not like that cat, and so we thought, well, this will help. And we made sure our cat food was away from that other cat. We made sure that we weren't doing anything like that to keep it around, but I don't know what it is, but they, they just want to be there. And so this cat, we could tell it had problems. You know, walked funny. It it acted funny around you. It probably had worms. We don't know. Well, maybe somebody does. Um, But we we were trying to tell her like, don't touch this cat. Stay away from this cat. You're gonna get worms if you. Well, that's what the sisters were telling her. (laughs) You're gonna get worms (laughs) if you touch this thing. And then, uh, one of the girls said, Riley had the cat today, and she was holding it, and she was nuzzling it with her face. And uh, I was like, so I started talking to her about it and she's like, dad, I couldn't help myself. (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes sin feels like that, doesn't it? Where you just feel like, I don't really want to. I don't want the damage that this sin could give me, but I feel like I couldn't help myself. I want to give you some encouragement today. I really do. I want to encourage you today. I want to strengthen you today. I want to help you. And so turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read just one verse, verse 13. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape it that ye may be able to bear it. I know how it is. You read a verse one time and you miss a couple things, so we're going to read it again. Because some of you, I still hear your pages turning. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Let's pray. Father, think about the songs that we sang today and we don't fully grasp what that means, that you are love and how much you love us. We can, we can, we can look at the cross and we can look at those kind of things. I really don't think that we can, can understand at this point And I think it will be all of eternity uh, of learning that. Thank you that you have given us the ability to love and to experience those kind of things. And so we can somewhat understand. And I pray that today, as we look at this passage, that we will see your love in a different way. And that uh, through the help that we see in this passage, that we will resolve even greater to escape temptation that comes our way. Lord, thank you for... Who you are for us, to us, and in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can escape temptation. You can. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like you can. It feels like that Valentine's Banquet that's looming that I can't get out of. Uh, but you can escape temptations. There are three things about this verse that to me, jump off the page of this verse. Uh, this is one of my favorite, I don't I have not preached this very much, but after studying this verse, it's one of my favorite things to preach. And there are there are times, and maybe, maybe for you, you, you guys, you look at your notes and you say, oh, I, I can't wait to preach this. For me, it's a text like this that excites me. And it excites me because this, this can be one of the greatest tools in your tool bag in your life for you personally and to help others. Because whether you feel like it or not, there are many people that feel like there's just certain things that they are just bound into, that they are trapped into that sin but this verse explicitly states three different times that you can escape temptation. So you can escape temptation, number one, because you are normal. There hath no temptation taken you except that which is, what, common to man. You know what that literally means? It's common to humanity. You're human, therefore you face temptation. Sometimes we think, yeah, but you don't know what I'm tempted with. Oh, you're right. You're right. And, and, and you might think, well, I'm tempted with something that you are not tempted with. You might be right about that. But I guarantee you there are many people that are tempted with the same thing that you are tempted with. I don't care how strange it is. I don't care how deep into that rabbit hole of sin you have found yourself. It's common. It's more common than you think. And the reason you say, well, I don't know anybody. Yeah, because you're not telling anybody either, right? They don't want to tell people. They don't want people to know that this is what they're tempted with. And so they don't say anything. And and I understand Uh, there's a fear. There were some things when I was in the dean of students office here that I talked to some people about and they were afraid that if they told me that they'd be kicked out of school. I'm like, that's not what we're here for. You want help. We want to help you. If you're fighting sin, then we want to fight with you. And well, we're not going to kick you to the curb. We're going to help you. If we can, we will. That's what God wants. That's what ministry is. Are we a ministry school or are we not? We're only for the good people or for all people? Everybody is tempted. Isn't that true? That's what it says. That's what it says, and it says it in James chapter, chapter one, verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Individual words are important. It could say of his lust, but God doubles down and says his own lust. By the way, it could be every woman is drawn away of her own lust too, as well as just as true. I talked to some kids at public schools. God gave me uh, an open door, and sometimes you've got to put your toe in the door. Sometimes you've got to find a way. I was able to visit public schools when I was a youth pastor, and sometimes they were a little bit more difficult than others. Sometimes there was adversity from the administration, but... Uh, or sometimes it was adversity from a secretary but if uh, you find the right channel and sometimes I would just go to the parent and say would you like me to help your student at uh, your child at their and talk to them about certain things that they're dealing with yes I would I'm like please tell me yes and so I was able to then use that and say hey look their parent would really like me to talk with them and and in some cases that the school knew because there had been problems that there was problems with this young person and so they were they were more than glad to let me come in during lunch hour and sit with, with this person and talk with them, and so I was able during lunch hours to go and talk with those kids. But after a while, people begin to know who you are. I mean, you're the you're other than a teacher, you're the only person that's obviously not in junior high or high school, and so uh, they're like, you know, who is this person? They find out, and and sometimes it was friends of friends and those kind of things. And I had this this kid come up to me one time, and I knew who he was. Uh, he'd been to a couple of our events and. I knew that he had some struggles in his life and I don't know what his, his family situation was, but I can only imagine that it was difficult. And, and he tried to trap me. At the same time, I think he was looking for an honest answer. And he came up to me and he said, uh, would it be right for me to, he, he's a he, would it be right for me to tell my teacher that I have a crush on him? And I said, I don't think that's appropriate in any circumstances. He asked me, well, what about this? He said, if, if my boyfriend and I wanted to, to get married, would you do the marriage ceremony? And I was, look, you're not going to that school planning on answering that question. You, you don't expect those things to happen to you. And uh, i would never been asked anything like that. And so in the instant that you realize what that person's asking, you are praying at 1,000 miles an hour. <laughs> Lord, help me to give him a good answer that doesn't, that doesn't offend him because I want to help him. And so I'm praying, and, and it was one of those things, the Lord just gave me that answer. I said, look, if you were living in sin with anyone, I wouldn't marry you. I said, if it's somebody else, it's a guy and a girl living in a relationship that God does not, does not pleased with, I said, I wouldn't do that ceremony. And he was like, he kind of stepped back and he's like, hmm, you know, I gave him an answer that was consistent with what I believed, and it didn't hurt him. You know, he has temptations that I don't have, but his temptations are common to man. You might you might feel in your heart, well I'm not like everybody else. You know, that's fine to be not like everybody else, but it doesn't justify your behavior. I had kids in my youth group that I feel like were naturally angry. Jake, you know some of them. (laughs) And uh, one guy, it seemed like every activity, he got mad at somebody. And some activities, he got violent with those other people. Fortunately, he wasn't a real threat. (laughs) He wasn't a real threat, (laughs) regardless of how angry he was. And usually, the person or persons that he fought with kind of looked at him like, this is really not what you want to do right now. (laughs) And uh, more than one time, he tried to run home from the activity. And uh, one time, I was kind of chasing after him. And I thought, I don't know what he thinks he's doing. <laughs> like, he can't run the whole way, let alone run from me. Uh, he was on the larger side of things. And, uh, I, you know, I think he kind of realized that too. And, but, but, it, but, you know, he was a naturally angry person. That's what he struggled with. I have four daughters, and I feel like each one of them has their own personal emotion, and that's the fallback. That's the default. And one, it's like, it's like that. You're not supposed to mention movies when you're preaching, but we're in a different world, right? It's like that, uh, what's the one with the little colored people, colors? And, what is it? Inside out. Inside out. And you've got those emotions, and that's the person that, my daughters are like that, right? Like, so one of them, she's sadness. I mean, like, it's the default. Uh, Riley is happiness. That's just, that's where she is. Uh, I, I, I'm not naming names, but I've got one that she can be a rage monster. That's, that's. <laughs> default emotion and they know it and you know yours you know your default sin and you know how hard it is to fight that thing and sometimes you have catered sins that that are there in your head that are dangled in front of you I want you to know that everybody in this room is normal everybody from the top to the bottom from the youngest to the oldest We all have temptations. We all have personal sins that we struggle with. And you are not alone in your temptation. The victory that somebody else had is victory that you can have. It is escapable because God's not looking at you saying, man, I've just never seen anybody like this before. This is a problem that I can't fix. No, your temptation is normal. Every temptation is a twist on something that God gave us. Think of Adam and Eve, right? Eve. She's a woman. She had a temptation. Uh, I even heard a woman preacher say it was interesting, she was tempted with food. That was a woman, not me. <laughs> I did not say that. And she was tempted with this food, right? Is food bad? No. That food was bad. She was tempted to be wise. This doesn't sound bad, does it? To be tempted to be wise. But in that way it was. David was tempted with sex. Is sex wrong? No, but in that way it was. And I don't care what kind of sexual sin you are tempted with. If it's sin, it's sin. If it's outside God's way, it's sin. It doesn't matter if it's same gender or opposite gender. If it's outside of God's way, it's what? It's sin. God gave you a way to fulfill the desires that He gave you. And yeah, you might be tempted to to have a desire a certain way. I'm telling you, you're normal. You're normal because you're human. You have the sin principle in you, in your flesh, that causes you to want something in a way that you shouldn't have it. You're tempted from three sources. Ephesians tells us this, wherein ye walked according to the course of this world. This world marches to the beat of its own drum and doesn't like to be singled out that what they're doing is wrong. It is amazing how intolerant they are at people that they say are intolerant. It, it's like, do you realize what you're saying? And, and, and it, I find it fascinating now that some of these groups, uh, let's just say the LGBT community, fights with the gay community. You think, how does that, aren't you the same? No, no, they have some very opposite views about some things and are fighting. Why? Because it's not consistent with truth. And whenever you're not consistent with truth, you're going to find problems. That's what sin does. It brings problems because it's not consistent with truth. It's not consistent with the way God made things. So there's always a problem there. Jesus was tempted yet without sin. And I find that even the way Jesus was tempted were in ways were in ways that were good. Was he hungry? Is it wrong to be hungry? It's not wrong. And he was hungry. But the devil's like, hey, do it this way. No, that's not the way I should do it. Did, did, did Jesus love the world? Yeah, he did. And Satan says, well, look, I'll give you the world, but you've got to do this. And, and uh, did Jesus want to be glorified in the sight of people that he was the chosen of God? Yes, absolutely. But was that way the right way? No, it was not. All good desires, but the wrong way. The world will tempt you. The world, the culture that we live in will say, hey, this is, is okay. They're gonna, the world will tell you anything it can to get you to sin against God because of the, the devil. He's another one. Sometimes we don't think that the devil is really there. Oh, we believe in him, but we don't see how he tempts us. Ephesians chapter two says that as well. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The devil is there to tempt us. I don't know every time that it's the devil. But sometimes I wonder. Pastor Ogle said something one time. It stuck with me. One thing you said stuck with me. He said, if you're ever tempted to quit in doing something right, it's not of God. I thought, wow, I thought, I've thought about that ever since then. And I'm like, man, it's, it's been true every time in my life. And I think, well, where does that come from? I wonder if it's the devil. Sowing a seed. He is going to try to get you to disbelieve or disobey God in anything that he does to disbelieve or disobey God. He's going to show you the good side of it. He's going to foster your emotions so you say, well, this is the way I feel. Maybe I was born this way. Maybe I can't defeat sin. Maybe this is just the way I have to be. Wrong, wrong, wrong. If you're saved, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Is sin stronger than the Holy Spirit? Tempted of the devil. He spoke to Eve. He spoke to Jesus and he'll speak to you. He tempted David in pride. He tempted David. David, would it be that bad to know how many people are in your kingdom? Would it be that bad? Well, you know, it was against God's law for kings to number their people. And Satan tempted him. We have the the world, the pressure, the culture, and then we have ourselves. The lust of the flesh and of the mind. Yeah, we know what those are. We feel those. There's times that we're so tempted that we think, man, I just want to finish this day so that I can maybe get past this feeling that I have all over me. And, and maybe the devil uses that and just throws it back in your face. But everybody is tempted by those three sources. When it comes to the devil, one of those times I visited a public school. I went to this school because there was a young man that was struggling with a lot of things. And, and he had told me about many of those things that he was related to people in our church he wasn't so he would come because of them but he really was he his family background was was terrible things that had happened uh, when they were younger those kind of things and uh, he just sold himself completely into sin and I knew that he had told me what music he listened to and he tried to kind of shock me with it and I don't know if you've ever heard of the group insane clown posse which sounds pretty wild right Uh, but I would not recommend you looking up their lyrics and maybe I tempted you with that. I don't mean to tempt you with that, but I did. I could not imagine how you could get more vile and wicked than, and that's their whole purpose. That's why, the, that's why the, their name is what they are. They want to be as shocking and as vile as they possibly can. I was sitting at his table at lunch and it was one of those times when God just gave me something and I was trying to make conversation. Now, you got to understand, the group of people that he hung out with were the outcasts completely, and maybe for good reason. Um, And so I went to visit him and ended up at their table, which I was totally, you know, uh, uh, out of place. And I'm like, these guys, you know, they're going to try to say things to me to shock me. Been there, done that. So I thought, how can I make a conversation that maybe we can steer somewhere else? And I just said, well, hey, Everybody's got something they're afraid of. I'll start. We'll go around the table. You tell me what you're afraid of. And I said, look, I'm afraid of needles and sometimes snakes. And, uh, and the next guy said he's afraid of spiders. And somebody said they're afraid of heights. We get to that guy, the guy that I was there for. And he said, I'm afraid of demons. I was like, interesting, interesting. So, we, you know, we went through. And the thought hit me. And I said, you know what? You know what's interesting? I said, there's no snakes here. There's no spiders here. As far as I know, there's no needles right here. So you know what? I'm not I'm not afraid right now. But if you brought a needle out, we're going to have some serious problems. <laughs> if 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 there's a snake around, then I'm going to be afraid. I said I looked at I looked at that guy and he said, "Look, the reason you're afraid of demons is because it's near you because of what you listen to." The devil is real. And he's going to use whatever he can to get in your life, something that appeals to you, something that might satisfy an itch in your life and he's going to be ready with it but you can escape it everybody is tempted in three areas we know this from first john chapter 2 and verse 16 for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and if we go through that list i think about the lust of the eyes and man that's pretty simple right like who doesn't want a new cell phone oh come on you guys are all afraid with probably good reason, okay? You're like, yeah, well, who, I mean, you see the next one come out you're like, wow, that, does, that is a really cool feature. You know, who doesn't want maybe a, a new smartwatch or a different smartwatch or, let's be honest, how many of you want a new car? A different, right? Like, yeah, we do. But can those things be wrong? Yeah. When Man, when your life is dominated by the fact that I have to have the next newest thing, And that I'm not satisfied with the car that I have. I'm not content with the phone that I have. I'm not content with the the clothes that I have. I want, I want, I want. These are the lust of the eyes. We see it and it begins to dominate us. But that's normal. We have the lust of the flesh. The desires of the body. Who isn't tempted to be lazy? Right? Now, maybe not all of us to procrastinate because some of you... Uh, we had this girl when I was in school, and she was always super early to classes, like waiting outside of the class, always had to be there. And, and if you told her she was late, she'd start itching. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be late. <laughs> She's like, stop, stop. And, and she was just funny that way. And, and uh, you know, some people are like that, but some people aren't. Some of, some of you think, oh, I'll be fine. And you procrastinate and put it off. And that can be sin in your life. We have temptation to be lazy. There's temptation for drugs and for sex and for alcohol. And, and some of those things, you know, I've, I don't, I've never drank alcohol. I've, I've never done recreational drugs. And they put enough in me in the last six months that I have a fear of drugs now. <laughs> uh, some of the stuff that they've given me, I thought I was losing my mind. And So I'm afraid now of pills. I don't don't want to deal deal with them if I don't have to. But some of you are on the other side of that. There's things that you've tried and you know. You know how it made you feel. We've dealt with that. Just because you're in Bible college doesn't mean all of you are pure as the driven snow. We know that. You're normal. You're normal. (laughs) Maybe some of you have had alcohol and, and you know what that's like. And you're tempted with that. But you're normal. And God can give you power over that. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life, popularity. Knowledge puffeth up. And sometimes that pride of life is, I'm smarter than so-and-so. I'm, I'm always, I correct people because I want people to know that I'm right and they're wrong. We get that ego, I'm better at them at, at playing the piano. I'm better at them. At, I know more than them at this. Greek is easy or music theory is easy to me. What's wrong with that person? And sometimes we can say our college is better than that other college. That's the pride of life. We struggle with those things. I think it's good for you to go to ministries in the summer that have other colleges, because then you can learn. Hey, guess what? There's people there that love God too. They don't even know about where I go to school. You know, they, they grew up somewhere else. Their family, somebody different. Their parents had them go there. And we find out they love the Lord. And I found that I've graduated, or I've, I've preached for guys that graduated from schools that believe completely different, I mean completely different than Ambassador does. But you know what? They believe exactly like Ambassador does. And I'm like, how did you get to where you are from there? And they're like, well, I was reading my Bible. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because they love the Lord too. Because they love the Lord too. But our pride can get in the way of seeing those things and being able to minister with people. This is what Eve was, was tempted with, a desire to be like God. I'm so smart now, and we see this from some of our grads, I'm so smart now that I know that that's really not sin and I can indulge in it as much as I want. You know what, there's a, I, I don't like the slippery slope argument, but there is a good argument to be made for it. Because then they're down the road and you say, you know, you didn't think you were going to be there, but you are. Because you opened the door. Because you thought you knew better because you were lifted up with your new knowledge. You're normal. But what else does it say? There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Three best words in the verse. God is faithful. God is faithful. He's always faithful. He's always been there. He always will be there. There's no sin that you can do that he's like, all right, I'm done with this person. If that's the case, you're going to be in heaven real quick. (laughs) Real quick. God is faithful. I think of the book of Daniel. And although Daniel was away from home, away from parents, away from priests, away from the temple, away from all those things, God was there. And when Daniel said, look, I'm going to do what's right, God was faithful. When Daniel said, look, I'm going to go pray because that's what I do. God was there. When they threw him in the lion's den, God was there. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire, guess who else was faithful? God was faithful. They said no to the temptation to just maybe go along to get along. Look, I can bow and no one will know that I don't really mean that in my heart, right? Like I can just get on a knee and be like, I'm tying my shoe. (laughs) You know, I'm not really bowing to this idol. They're like, no, that's not what I'm going to do. You know, Daniel could have gone into a closet somewhere and tried to hide his prayer, but he said, No, this is where I pray. That's what I'm gonna do. And, you know, I I just have a hard time believing he didn't know those guys weren't there or were there. I I believe he he knew that, but he's like, This is what I do, this is what I pray, and I'm gonna continue to pray. Because God is faithful. Literally, this phrasing means that he is worthy of all reliance. It puts, it puts the emphasis on not necessarily what God is doing, but who he is. That he, because of who he is, he's always going to be there. That cannot change because that's who he is. He's worthy of all reliance. That he is present. That he never turns his back. That his power is available. He, why, he's, he's not faithful to watch you. He's faithful to help you. God is faithful. He protects he will not suffer you. He will not allow you to be tempted. If there's a temptation that you can't handle, then it's not coming your way. So the temptations that you have are all temptations that God says, look, I've given him enough grace and enough power, and I'm there, I'm there. And I, I love this, I love this, I love this. He provides. It says, will also with the temptation Make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That word make is the poimain. It's that word that literally means to craft, to design in the moment for the situation. This isn't this blanket, well, you have the power. I've given you the grace. No, in the moment of your temptation, in the moment of your sin, God is crafting a specific way of escape for you in that temptation. Are you surprised that God would do that for you? That's who he is. He's like, look, I don't want you to be tempted in a way that you can't handle it. And not only am I gonna not let temptations come your way that you couldn't handle, but in the temptation that you're in, I'm gonna give you something specific so that you can get out of it. So that you may be able to bear it. And he purifies. If you fall to that temptation, if you confess your sins, he is faithful. Get that again? What does it say? He's faithful. He's just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Isn't that so good? In those moments, you don't feel clean, do you? But he says you are. Isn't that awesome? Why? Because he's faithful. He's always there. He say, but it's dark in my time of temptation. He's in the darkness. But I sinned. That's why you're convicted. Because he's there. That's why you're instantly convicted. Don't let the guilt of sin cause you to delay confession. I know it feels hypocritical. And you were hypocritical. Don't continue to be hypocritical. Right? Your sin was the hypocritical part. But confession is not. Confession is the, the way of escape of, the, of more sin is confession. I, I think back on, on my life, and I, I don't know how I made it to, to Bible college, let alone in the ministry. I think, how? And there's two things that I would say. And one is just trying to be in God's Word. Not that every time I read it, I understood or, or was paying attention. <laughs> but being daily in God's Word is one thing that I would say has kept me from disaster. And the second thing is short accounts. Just getting right. And, and I've talked to young people across the country, and, and they'll say, Yeah, but when I do wrong, I just don't feel like I should get right because I feel so dirty or I feel so wrong. And so so sometimes I just, I I put it off. Don't, don't. Because when you put it off, you are living in the flesh and you have opened the door to all kinds of more temptation because you're like, well, I'm already there. Why not more? I know you've thought that. Get it right, because God is faithful. He's always going to be faithful because that's who he is. This is the power of the cross. The fact that that he died for you. His blood is eternal. He rose again for you. He died to break the power of sin on you and in you. And he gave you the power of the resurrection and the Holy Spirit to help make you more of what you are. And I said a little bit of this, I think it was on Monday. Victory is not sinless perfection. Oh, sure, we'd love to have that, but it's not going to happen until our bodies are redeemed. But I want to see victory as, you know what, this week was better than last week. And, And even if this week wasn't better than last week, was this month better than last month? Was this year better than the year before? That's called victory. You know, victory is confession after sin when before you didn't. It's victory. It's that and sometimes the devil wants to keep us defeated because we, well, I haven't, I haven't perfected this. Well, you're not going to. Okay, you're not going to. But do what you know to do and trust him to do the rest. Lord, I am struggling. He says, I know, but I'm here. I'm here. Some of it's just seeing our weakness and relying on his grace. And yeah, there's some habits that you're gonna need to change. There's some things that, that maybe that you do and everybody else does, but you shouldn't do. Even though they do. Because it's dangerous for you. Because it's not safe for you. Like the flip phone thing. I've known guys that had the flip phone. I didn't ask them why. I assumed why. Whatever. You know what? I respect that. That was a badge of honor for them. <laughs> like I'm doing everything I can to try to keep my mind clear because I've had problems. I respect that. It's better than somebody just gave up on it. God is faithful. There is no victory, no escape apart from the cross. Temptation is escapable. It says, and I know I'm kind of doubling down here, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. There is a way of escape. Three times in this verse, in three different ways, God says, look, I'm not gonna allow it. I'm gonna make a way and you can bear it. God wants you to know it is escapable. Escape has the idea, not just the way out, but also the ability and the accomplishment. that in Christ, it's done. Here's the door. Here's the, pa- here, look, you need to get to Canada and you're in North Carolina. Well, let me, let me, let me show you. Here's the door. It, it, just walk through. Just take it. And sure, it may be a battle, but there is a way. There is a way. Run to God. That's the first thing I would say is run to God in prayer. When you sense that temptation, Lord, I need you. I need your help, I need your strength because I am not strong enough to handle this temptation. Jesus prayed in Matthew 6, 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, I wanna honor you in this and so I'm gonna to run to you in prayer. And second is reject temptation. I think about David and, or David and Joseph in, in Genesis chapter 39 that he ran. You know, it's always a spiritual thing, but sometimes it's a physical thing. Sometimes you gotta get out of where you are. Your dorm room, your dorm room might be a place of temptation for you. You might like to sulk in your dorm room. You might like to rage in your dorm room about that teacher that doesn't understand you or that person that you just don't get along with. You know, maybe if that place has become a place of temptation for you, then get out of there. Maybe you're tempted in your room because there's no one else in your room. You're you're, you're there and they're off to work somewhere and in the quiet and the tiredness and and all that, you have created patterns of a certain time and a certain place you're tempted with a certain sin. Recognize that. Don't be there and don't be alone. Keep the door open. Get in a place of public. Change habits. Do you want to stay in sin? I don't think you do. And you got to change some habits. Somebody else said, what are you doing here? Huh, I'm fighting temptation. <laughs> I'm fighting temptation. And replace. Reject it, but also replace it. There's no vacuums in your life. You know, some of you tempted with the wrong kind of music, you got to replace it. Lord, change my appetite. I have created an appetite for candy and I need some protein. So during, during chemo, I tried to stay off of sugar. And uh, then one day uh, somebody bought me some almonds and so I, I ate some almonds. Man, I was like, these almonds are sweet. <laughs> I hadn't been on sugar in like two months. And so I was like, I couldn't believe how sweet those almonds were because I I hadn't tasted anything like that. Sometimes our appetite needs to change, and God can help us with that. And and I've seen that in my life, and I know that you can see it in yours, but you have to replace it. You have to replace that vacuum in your life that, well, I'm not going to be doing this. Well, what are you going to be doing? You can't just say, I'm not going to sin anymore at 8 o'clock at night in my room when nobody's there. Well, go somewhere else. Do something else. Go exercise. Go pray with somebody. You can find something to do that's a whole lot better than what you've been doing. So replace it. And uh, this is as as important as anything. Renew your mind. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12.2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? How can I change? By the renewing of my mind. Some of the verses that you can, I'm just going to give you these. Romans six twelve and thirteen. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to obey it in the lusts thereof. And also knowing to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether obedience un, uh, uh, whether under sin or unto righteousness. These are good verses for you to know. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Romans fourteen twelve. Uh, that that was First uh, Thessalonians five twenty two. Romans fourteen twelve. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Sobering thought. Sobering thought. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also, youthful lust, but follow after, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 1 Peter 2.11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Why do we do this? Why do we meditate on Scripture? Why do we memorize Scripture? So that in times of temptation I can be reminded of the Holy Spirit what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, and sometimes how to have that victory, how to move forward. Sometimes it's just the truth that God satisfies me in a greater way than sin satisfies me. So that then, when I'm in that temptation, I say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa this is not what I want. This is not, not going to help me. This is, I'm, I'm going to be worse off after than 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 this." Or, or I know how it feels to brag and then walk away, and then you're just like, "I did not get out of that what I wanted to get out of that." I wonder if they even believe me. They probably saw right through that. They probably saw my pride the whole time and now they might think less of me. What good did it do me? It didn't. It didn't. I don't want the guilt that comes with sin, but I know that when I do what God wants me to do, there's peace. There's joy. All those things that God can give me through through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then when all else fails, trust Him, rest in Him hide in him, go to him, he will give you that escape. I hadn't done escape rooms for a long time. In fact, I'd never done one. And then some friends were like, we're going to do this. And so I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. This this is my kind of thing. I hate them now. (laughs) I hate them. I hate them. If, If I wouldn't get in trouble for it, if I ever did an escape room again, I'd be like, all right, lock the door. And then I'm kicking it open. I escaped in record time. <laughs> you know, there's, there's more than one way, right? Like, well, I don't know what else to do, so that must have been the answer. But we went to this escape room, and between us, we had six college degrees and at least two master's degrees. So we weren't unintelligent people, but we could not find our way out of that thing. And, and then when they showed us, it was like, well, how in the world? Like, it was one of those things that you have to ask for help or you're never gonna get it. And, and come to find out this guy, now there's differing opinions of people in the group, right? Some people are like, oh, it was great. No, it was, it was stupid. <laughs> and apparently this guy opened his own and like made his own escape room. So he kind of came up with it on his own. And I'm like, man, that w- you couldn't have figured it out. Like it was just, I'm like, were you some creeper like watching us in the camera? Like is that, is that what you want to do? Like I, I-, I hated it. Sometimes sin feels like that. Like, what is the answer? How do I get out of this? You know, God is faithful. You're normal. There is a way to escape. And Sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need to, to say, hey, look, I know you're watching me. Wherever your camera is, Lord, I know you're watching me. And I, I don't know what this next step is in this process, but I need help. You know, God has a way to escape because he's faithful.